you finally got around to make an appointment for your annual physical. And when you get to a doctor, they check your blood, your urine, they weight, blood pressure, all the other vital signs. They check in with your uh, medication if you take any and your overall health for making sure that you age optimally going going forward into your 50s, 60s and beyond. I'm Heike Yates and I'm the host of this show. And I talk on this show about Pilates, strength training, intermittent fasting strategies, and I help empty nester moms just like you thrive in your emptiness, being the healthiest and strongest you can be going forward. Now, this month is National Osteoporosis Month, and I want to bring osteoporosis in the forefront in this episode. We talk about early signs. We talk about what to do, what not to do, how you can optimally age, focusing on your bone strength. Because as we get older, especially over 50, we're dealing with menopause, we're dealing with hormone changes, but we're also uh, looking at the decrease in estrogen levels, which can have a negative impact on your health and also age. As we're aging, our bones get more brittle. So this episode is all about osteoporosis for women over 50, 60 and beyond and how you can strengthen your bones naturally. Hi, I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with over 35 years of experience. I'm on a mission to empower women over 50 to reclaim their health, strength, and vibrancy and step into the best version of themselves during this extraordinary phase of life. You're joining an incredible global community of women who have decided to stop dimming their light and ignite their inner spark instead. I'm thrilled to have you with us. On this podcast, I break down complex fitness, nutrition, and mindset concepts into easy, achievable steps that you can incorporate into your life today. No matter where you are, it's never too late to start. I sit down with some truly amazing people who've gone from tough times to great heights and experts who share tips to tackle your challenges. You'll feel supported knowing you're not alone in your journey. It's like having a personal support team in your corner. Together, we're going to change the conversation around aging, break down barriers, and reveal the true power of being over 50. So let's challenge the norms, take action, and say, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I want to start off our episode around osteoporosis with a couple of numbers and stats. Osteoporosis is more common in women. It affects almost 20%, that is one out of five women 50 and over, and almost 5%, that is one out of 20, men 50 and older. Many people with osteoporosis don't know they have osteoporosis until they break a bone, where then they get a bone scan, bone density scan, and then, then they find out they may have osteoporosis. Currently, screening for osteoporosis is recommended for women who are 65 years or older and women who are 50 to 65 who have certain risk factors, which include a parent, a family history that may have broken a hip, for instance. Now, I had a bone density scan because I felt like I needed one. And that was at the age of 50. That's like 10 years ago. And they didn't find anything. But if you have to wait till 65, that's a long time. But may as it be, what is osteoporosis? So let me paraphrase this with, Osteo is anything bone. So anything that has to do with bone starts out with osteo. So in this case, we have osteoporosis. Osteoporosis is when the bone becomes less dense, more likely to fractures. And fractures are not uncommon as we age, but bone loss can also result in loss of height, back pain, change in posture because you're no longer strong enough to hold up your spine, affecting how we walk, 
and can result in permanent disability. Just think about your spine has no strength and you may see somebody that's really, really hunched forward. It could be because of osteoporosis. And osteoporosis is also known as the silent, silent killer as there is no, you can't detect it to begin with unless something happens or without any symptoms. So it's not always true that you know you have osteoporosis. Now, risk factors, there are some risk factors that are contributing to you more likely developing osteoporosis. If you're very thin and have very small frame, that means like very small boned, you have a family history of that disease. And so it's important to know what our parents' experiences with their health, what our brothers and sisters, even our grandparents. And this information is sometimes really hard to find because they don't want to talk about it. Then we have postmenopausal and particularly early menopausal women are at a risk of osteoporosis. If you have abnormal menstrual cycles, or the absence of a cycle and continue to have that. And it could be sport related if you're very, very active, but in our age group is more likely to be osteoporosis. Then certain medications that we use for lupus, asthma, thyroid deficiencies, and seizures can also contribute to osteoporosis. Low calcium, lack of physical activity, smoking, excessive alcohol. So these are all some of the risk factors where you are more likely to develop osteoporosis or at risk for osteoporosis. Now there are three things or three interesting facts about osteoporosis and they are getting enough calcium and vitamin D is only the first step to getting stronger bones. So if you might think, oh, I'm just going to take some calcium and vitamin D and I'm good to go, think again. And we'll talk about this in this episode. Osteoporosis can get go undetected for years. And that's why early detection is key. So 65, again, it is late. If you ask me, if you have a family history, you gotta go. So don't put it off as an inconvenience and say, oh, another doctor's appointment. It is your health. And you, at the more you learn in this episode about osteoporosis, the more urgent your checkup hopefully will become. You need to know that osteoporosis cannot be cured, but it can be treated effectively. So if you experience bone loss, it is not reversible, but you can do many things that we talk about in this episode today that will help slow down the progress of bone loss or prevented by starting out early enough with all the things we're talking about in the show today. So other early signs of osteoporosis can be also, and I'll talk about this in just a second, it is a silent killer, but there are little telltale, telltale signs that might be related to osteoporosis. And one is brittle nails. So when you look at your nails, if your nails break apart easily, split, chip, or curl around the fingertips and are very dry, discolorated, have ridges, these might be signs for low bone density. The most common reasons for brittle nail nails are hormone changes and nutritional deficiencies. So it couldn't it could be osteoporosis. It may be other things as well, but we're talking osteoporosis today. Women who are going through menopause have fluctuating estrogen levels, and that contributes to or might contribute to low bone density. Receding gums. Research suggests bone loss in your jaw and mouth can be a sign of bone loss in, your, in other areas of your body. If your jawbone deteriorates, your gum will follow and recede. So check for that. If this is something that's chronic for you, this could be a sign that you might have low bone density. Now, grip strength. If you have a weak grip, this can be an indicator of overall bone density loss or lack of bone density. 
According to a study by Rheumatology, female participants showed a link between grip strength and bone mineral density. Those with low grip strength have also low bone density measurements in the spine, hip, and the risk of vertebra fractures also increase when the grip strength decreased. Let me say this again. The risk of vertebra fracture increased as the grip strength decreased. Huh. It's all connected, as I always say. So think about these three things. Is it, check your nails. If you find any of those chipping, splitting, dryness, discoloration, check with your doctor. Always check with your doctor first. Don't try to doctor Google it. Go to the expert, receding gums. Go to your dentist, ask him what's going on with your bone in your jaw. What's going on with your grip strength? If you notice that you can no longer open a jar of pickles, this is pickles, why not? Uh, this could be a decrease in bone density throughout your whole body. Now, how quickly does osteoporosis progress? Between the ages of 30 and 35, usually this is when we experience the loss of bone strength or bone density, and that's around 0.25% per year, 0.25% per year of loss. The rate of bone loss can vary due to genetics or environmental factors. And here are the genetic risk factors. Gender. Women are at greater risk for needing vitamin D changes in and during menopause. So our vitamin D levels are low. And I was for a long time low on vitamin D. And the, my doctor kept saying, you need more vitamin D, Heike. You, you got to up your dosage. And um, that's also was very helpful. My own experience preparing this episode. Age. The older you are, the greater risk of thinning bones as you get older. Body size. Small, thin-boned women are at greater risk. Ethnicity. Caucasian and Asian women are at the highest risk. African-American and Hispanic women have a lower risk. Family history. Parents with a history of fractures is a signal for you to or a red flag saying, hey, I need to do something about my, my bone density. At least I need to check in and see where I am at. And we talk about lifestyle changes throughout the episode later. Now, I have several clients that have osteoporosis to varying degrees. One of my clients is early 40s, and she has a family history of osteoporosis. And that's why she started working with me. And she says, Heike, I don't know what to do to increase my bone density. I'm taking vitamin D, I'm taking vitamin C, but it's, it's not enough. So we're currently working with her through Pilates strength training and, and things I will talk about later that you can start too about how she can develop better bone density, but also overall, she's getting stronger. She's not the kind of person who loves to work out. It's, it's okay to work out, but she's starting to see the difference, at least in her strength. And I'm hopeful that at the next DEXA scan, that her numbers have stabilized. And we'll talk about that as well. Now, as I said, osteo. Then we, we have osteoporosis and osteoarthritis. And I put a link in the show notes for you to check out this episode as well, because we need to know everything, I think, everything related to our bodies, but also related to our bone health. And there is so much we can do on a natural level. With, with diet and exercise and lifestyle changes. It's mind-blowing. That doesn't mean we need to go now on drugs and have to have these uh, massive drugs that are then prescribed when these strategies not work. So listen to this episode. Share it with somebody that is in your age group and that you think could benefit from this. So there are five key reasons why women over 50 must prioritize bone health. Osteoporosis. 
And I keep saying that women are higher of developing osteoporosis. This is again where the bone becomes weak and fragile. And we don't see that because our estrogen levels are lower. Estrogen helps maintain bone density, but as estrogen levels go lower, get lower, the hormone balance shifts and that can lead to bone loss. Mm -hmm. I know I keep saying this, but I'm drilling this home. Fractures. How many people or how many times have you heard from older adults that everything, they're great, they're in great health, they're super active, they may do all kinds of things, but then they fall and they break a hip. Happened to one of my clients. With reduced bone density, women over 50 are more susceptible to fractures, particularly spine, hip, and wrist wrist strength. If you're somebody who says, I have weak wrists, an alarm bell might go off in your head right now. And when you have these chronic pains and the disability and the decline of the, the bone density, it will uh, limit your life it, the, or the quality of life and the things you can do. Also, lower bone density, what we're talking about here, is slower healing. As, as we age, our ability to heal from injuries and fractures slows down. This can be very uh, detrimental for, for as we get older because we have now complicated fractures. We increase the risk of these complications such as infections and non-union bonding, which is when, the, when a broken bone does not heal at all. So that is a very extreme situation, but I thought you needed to know about this, that we're healing slower from injuries and fractures heal slower when we are not uh, taking care of our bone health. Posture and balance. Poor bone health can lead to spinal deformities. Think of that bend forward, loss of height affects posture. It affects your balance as well. One side is stronger than the other. If your bones are not as strong as they could be, having these better, having best, better posture and balance increases, um, or let's rephrase that, not having posture and balance increases the risk of falls and fractures. So posture and balance, and I'm thinking Pilates here, it's super important to know the consequences. And I'm getting all wound up about this because I see it so much in my practice that bone health is sort of on the back burner because we're dealing with all kinds of other things with our estrogen level changing, with our belly fat, with our strength, uh, that we forget that the bones to me are the building blocks of our body. If our bones are not strong, and I'm visualizing a tower of blocks, the, and if these blocks are not strong and stable together, and you just pop one out and I'm thinking herniated disc could be a part of osteoporosis. So think about what your spine looks like, a skeleton inside your body. Number five would be based on, on osteoporosis and the implications of what can happen, independence and quality of life can really suffer. Maintaining strong bones helps to make sure that women can remain active and independent as we age. This is essential for overall well-being and maintaining a high quality of life. Falls, like I just said, are a major concern for osteoporosis. People with osteoporosis are likely to break bones, and I said hip, forearms, wrist, and spine. While most broken bones are caused by falls, osteoporosis can weaken bones to the point that a break can occur more easily. For example, coughing or bumping into something. Yes, just recently, one of my clients broke her ankle. All she did was she stepped funny off the curb and she broke her ankle. 
where now know that she has low bone density tests, uh, uh, low bone density, and that she needs to do things differently. But that was completely unexpected. And this woman is 55. So there no, was no history. Um, and here's also another article I want you to check out or interview, I should say. And that was how to build better bounds in the interview with Dr. Justine Bernard, an expert in osteoporosis. And uh, listen into that because she had some valuable information and tips. They go hand in hand, what I'm talking about it. And when we um, talk about our bones, we talk about our health, and I always feel it's everything. We're not isolating because one thing leads to another and to another. And, and I have another story of a client of mine who has already serious osteoporosis in her spine with fractures that are, and she's, I should say she's 86 and she has fractures up and down her spine already. But because of that and bad balance, she fell and broke her hip of all places during COVID. She now is dealing with not only the spinal fractures, but with the hip that doesn't function well. So now she's work, uh, walking with a walker. And this is a person I've worked with for a long time. And I met her years and years and years ago when she already had severe osteoporosis. And that's why she came to me. Then at that point, she would still drive her car. She would still come into the studio in person with a cane, which then deteriorated to that she came, she could still drive. She came with a walker. Then she fell. And ever since then, we have been doing Zoom calls. And I work with her virtually on her upper body strength and um, full disclosure, I am not there with her. So she has a physical therapist work on walking, on uh, balancing her legs, getting her legs stronger because I don't feel qualified to work with somebody that has really bad balance on the other side of the Zoom call. So I work with her on upper body and core strength with Pilates and strength training exercises. So this is, this is a extreme and example, but it's also when it happens, what can happen and what does it look like? I know it sounds really bad, but get your DEXA scan, go to the doctor and do what I'm going to talk about in just a little bit. So nutrition osteoporosis do go hand in hand. Proper nutrition is crucial, number one, for overall health, but also including bone health. It is important to note that diet alone is not enough to prevent or manage osteoporosis. It is important to inc incorporate a well-rounded approach that may include Pilates and other specific exercises tailored for osteoporosis, which can be of great benefit and help with bone health concerns. Let's touch a little bit on the nutrition aspect. Limit excessive sodium. Choose low sodium options and reduce excessive, pro, uh, excessive processed foods, canned foods, salty snacks, or cured meats. So make a list of if you eat this, these things more than you think you are, start reducing. Moderate caffeine intake. High caffeine consumption also may affect calcium absorption and bone loss. So if you drink a lot of coffee, your coffee, your, uh, your calcium is not absorbed properly and coffee affects that. Alcohol. Stick to one drink per day for women or two drinks per day for men at the most. When you go to your doctor, they always say, so how much alcohol are you drinking? And you're like, oh, maybe a glass or two a week, a day limited. It's better for your health. Reduce soda intake. Limit soft drinks. I know that many of us don't drink soft drinks anymore, but you may drink Coca-Cola and you can choose healthier, um, healthier options like water, herbal water, or infused water. But be aware when you're drinking infused water, what are they infused with? 
Um, yesterday, I had a coaching call with the Emptiness Reboot program participants this time, and we talked about infused water. To me, when a water, you buy a bottle of water that is infused with lemon, let's say, right? It is a chemical. It is not that somebody takes a lemon and squeezes it into the bottle for you and then sells it to you. It is a chemical component. And it could say natural juices. They still have to be somehow put into the bottle by being processed. So if you want um, infused water, toss in some lemon yourself, toss in some rosemary or a stick of rosemary, or just drink it as is. But reduce um, soda consumption, especially Coca-Cola. And you may also remember the test when you put a piece of meat into Coca-Cola, how the Coke eats up the meat. Maybe that dates me, but this was an eye-opening uh, experiment. Be cautious with oxalate-rich foods. The, those with kidney stones or specific medical conditions should watch the intake of high oxalate foods like spinach, uh, beets, greens, rhubarb, or Swiss chard. You know yourself, this is also not helping with bone density eating those foods. Uh, balance animal and plant-based proteins. Focus on lean protein sources like fish, chicken, beans, lentils, and poultry. And finally, avoid smoking. Smoking is, as everybody says, the new sitting. So smoking is also not helping with your bone formation. Let's talk about the importance of calcium and vitamin D. Eat foods that are high in calcium. Calcium helps build or make stronger bones, include things like milk, yogurt, cheese, kale, bok choy, broccoli, almonds, or and drink fortified uh, drinks like orange juice, cereal, or tofu. Get enough vitamin D. Vitamin D helps you use calcium. You can get vitamin D from sunlight, totally easy, or eat certain foods like fatty fish, egg yolks, fortified milk, or fortified orange juice, or take a supplement. But as always, talk to your doctor about calcium supplements and determine how much you need of calcium and vitamin D. Now here I want to tie this in with another episode that I did, and it was titled The Six Ways to Naturally Reduce Inflammation in the Body. I feel that we can eat a lot better helping us reduce inflammation in our bodies, and this may not necessarily help with bone density, but with overall inflammation in the body. And I always go back, things are tied together. The better you eat, the better you exercise, the better your health will be. So I'll leave a link in the show, uh, in the show notes. Now I start stumbling because I get so excited about things. Um, let's talk about what does a osteoporosis focused exercise program should look like? What should it, that what needs to be included. The best exercises for osteoporosis focus on building and maintaining bone density and improve balance and muscle core strength to reduce the risk of falls and fractures. So here's what we need. Weight-bearing exercises. Body works against gravity. Stimulating bone formation and helping maintain bone density. Do things like walking, jogging, hiking, dancing, climbing stairs, or jump rope. So think impact. Resistance training is number two. Strength training helps build muscle mass and strengthens the bones. Talked about this a little bit earlier. Use free weights, resistance bands, or your own body weight, or the weight machines at the gym if you have a gym membership. Think, do things like squats lunges, push-ups, upper and lower body exercises, target all muscle groups, especially the back to promote a strong spine. Number three is balance exercises. Definitely better balance can reduce the risk of falls, which is particularly important for osteoporosis. What can you do? Single leg stance like in yoga, right? You stand on one leg and do the tree pose, Tai Chi, 
or standing Pilates exercises. There's a bunch of things you can do to work on your balance, like brush your teeth and stand on one leg. You do one minute of your electric toothbrush on one side, and then you do one minute on the other side. Work on your balance all the time. At the shopping, uh, the grocery store, stand in line with your grocery cart. There's a lot of opportunities that we sometimes don't think about, about you know, stand uh, on the bus stop. And you don't have to do anything fancy, just stand on one leg. And you can make these uh, balance exercises more advanced, the stronger you get. Flexibility exercises are number four. So maintaining flexibility helps improve overall mobility and re reduces the risk of injury. Think Pilates and other form of gentle stretching. Uh, yoga is also one, Pilates I already mentioned. Look for about 30 minutes of physical activity most days of the week. So five days a week is usually the recommended uh, activity level. Avoid sitting for a long time and spread your movements out throughout the day. I have recently started talking about exercise snacks. And if you've been following me or if you are one of my clients, you know what I'm talking about. Exercise snacks. I go to the stove, turn it on, wait for my water to heat up. I'll do 10 push-ups. I stand on my leg while it's cooking. I put things into whatever I can do. I do um, air squats while I'm waiting for things. So put in exercise snacks. And my resource for this is, of course, of course, the Fasted and Fit Over 50 exercise membership, where I have all kinds of exercises from Pilates to strength training to stretching to resistance bands, light weights, or I use a water bottle as well, that are anywhere between five to 15 minutes long and so doable. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to check out the membership, the exercise membership, and you can do those because I designed those exercises for you, the woman over 50, 60, and beyond. So we all can get stronger have better balance and live a healthier, better life. So I leave a link in the show notes for the membership. Now, not all impact is created equally. Yep, let that sink in. Uh, let that sink in. Impact exercises and activities can have positive, but also a negative effect on bone and joint health. It is important that you know what works for your body and what is good for your bones. A positive impact would be bone density improvement, weight bearing and impact exercises, stimulate bone bone formation and help maintain bone density. Walking, jogging, dancing, jumping can benefit or trampoline jumping can be particularly helpful in preventing or managing osteoporosis. So you can do something before you even get there. So don't wait till you go to the doctor and ask for a DEXA scan. Get the buttski moving, as I say, and start exercising. Muscle strength and joint stability. It all ties together. Impact exercises can help improve muscle strength and joint stability, providing better support for bones, and again, reducing the risk of injuries and falls. Hey, it's Heiken. I wanted to share something super cool with you. If you've been wondering about trying out Pilates and intermittent fasting, I have the course for you. Have you heard of the Fasted and Fit Over 50 Jumpstart? I created this non-intimidating course for women over 50 and 60 that want to start feeling stronger, healthier, without another diet or exercise program that doesn't fit their lifestyle or health goals. The Fasted and Fit Over 50 Jumpstart is a 14-video self-paced course. This is for you if you are new to Pilates and have never tried intermittent fasting, but you're curious if it's for you. No equipment is needed or any food to buy. Why not jumpstart your health and strength today? Go to HeikeYeats.com and get started. And then there's some impact exercises that are not ideal for osteoporosis. 
And uh, number one is joint stress. High impact exercises can place a significant stress on the joints, causing inflammation, pain, wear and tear on the joints. Now we're all in the same age group. If you're listening to this, you are in my age group, 50, 60 and beyond. And when we're thinking about impact, and I did mention lunges and squats earlier, but you may be the person who has osteoarthritis in the ankles, in the knees, in the hips. So pay attention to your body, what it is that you can or cannot do if you have arthritis, you may want to stay away from these high impact exercises, or if you are overweight, you don't want to jump in place uh, or do a jog or even do a lunge because it's not a good idea for you particularly. And I don't know your health. So I want to just mention it. Everybody's different. So listen to this, listen to it twice, just to let it sink in of what you need to do for your particular body. And number two would be risk of fractures. High impact activities can uh, increase the risk of fractures, particular if you already have low bone density. And we know, we sometimes may not know that we have it. So get your butt ski moving. Of course, now we're talking about Pilates and osteoporosis. Pilates can be a very beneficial exercise option for those with osteoporosis. And I mentioned a couple of examples already when we practice it with modification and caution. Pilates with postmenopausal women has been shown to increase bone mineral density based on a study of the NIH. So it, and I have seen that as well, that Pilates can increase bone mineral density of some of my clients, but it also has kept them at a safe, uh, uh, the level that they had been the year or two before. So there is really benefit to Pilates on the spine, but not so much on the hip. So these exercises target to help improve Pilates exercises, that is, increase muscle strength, posture, balance, and flexibility, which are all essential, reducing the risk of fractures, maintaining balance as we age. I want you to check out my video on how to find the Pilates body, as I like to call it. I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can start building better posture through with that video so you can learn what that actually looks like. And it's not the military pose. So combining nutrition strategies, focus on Pilates, strength, balance, and flexibility exercises is a, a, a comprehensive and effective approach to managing osteoporosis and, pro, and promote optimal bone health. Whew, that is a lot. So bone health. Now let's talk about the five benefits of Pilates for osteoporosis. You know, I've been teaching Pilates for 20 years. I'm a huge fan of Pilates and I practice myself several days a week on the reformer, the Cadillac, the mat work with bands, um, with weights sometimes. So, but it's always comes back to the Pilates exercises. And I want you to discover the transformative power of Pilates for osteoporosis as we dive into the top five benefits it offers for better bone health and overall well-being. Number one is improved muscle strength. Pilates exercises can help increase muscle strength, particularly in the core, back, and pelvic area. The improved strength can provide better support for the spine and enhance overall stability. So think about the, the skeleton. And then you have the muscles and tendons there. And so when you think of my, my bone doesn't lift, and I'm and if you watch the video, my bone doesn't lift itself. It needs muscles and tendon to move. So Think about when these guys are strong, they're lifting things and moving things with much better ease and efficiency. Number two is better balance and coordination. Pilates exercises emphasize balanced and coordinated use of the entire body. So we're not um, focusing on the biceps only. We're focusing on the, on the whole body 
throughout each of the exercises. And this can help prevent or reduce the risk of falls. Number three, it is about posture, enhanced posture. Pilates can improve posture by strengthening the muscle, muscles responsible for maintaining proper spinal alignment, the erector spinae, the, the abs, everything around it, the whole core muscle as a cylinder. Good posture can help minimize stress on the spine. Uh, think herniated discs. It helps support the spine and reduces the risk of fractures in the spine. Good stuff, right? And number four is Pilates increases flexibility. I always say when people come to Pilates, they think core strength. And the way I look at Pilates is the exercises strengthen one part of the body and then they stretch another part of the body at the same at the same time. It is just amazing when somebody comes in and says, I just didn't get my stretches in. I'm like, let's do Pilates. If you do um, a hamstring stretch or you do a leg circle, for instance, you're using your hip muscle, but you're stretching your hamstrings in the back of the body. So, and having improved mobility decreases the risk of injury and also the risk of falls. Imagine that you're stiff as a board. You're more likely to fall stiff as a board. And number five, Pilates and osteoporosis is a mind-body, the mind-body awareness in Pilates. And Pilates encourages a strong mind and body connection, which help increase your awareness and promote healthier movement patterns because Pilates focuses on slow movements, controlled movements, nothing frantic, nothing jarring, no impact on the joints. And for our osteoporosis people, this and anybody, Pilates is the way to go. So you have your five benefits, improved muscle strength, better balance and coordination, enhanced posture or better posture, increased flexibility, and a mind-body awareness that's not to beat. Now, there's some Pilates exercises that if you've been diagnosed with osteoporosis, you might modify or not do. The ones that are safe, for, for instance, are the hundred with the head down. I mentioned the single leg circle, the single leg, double leg stretches, all with the head down because we do want to decrease uh, forward flexion. And I'll talk about this in a minute too. So anything that is basically a plank type exercise in Pilates is the way to go if you've been diagnosed with osteoporosis and also depends on the level uh, of your, the, the, the degree of your osteoporosis. How bad is it basic, basically? We're emphasizing promoting spinal extension as in a modified swan. Um, you will have a link about some of the exercises, what they look like to the ones I just mentioned in uh, your show notes. So there will be links for you to try out some of those exercises and see how they feel for you. But Emphasizing exercises that promote spinal extension are these that can help counteract the tendency for the spine to curve forward, and I'm bending forward on the video, as a result of osteoporosis. If you're interested in combining healthy nutrition with a sound Pilates and strength program, check out the Faster Than Fit Over 50 Jumpstart for women over 50, 60 and beyond that helps you start intermittent fasting strategies, ex Pilates exercises that anyone can do. A link will be in the show notes for you. Now, how, there are exercises we do wanna avoid are modified. Um, avoid exercise that encourage significant spinal flexion, bending forward like rolling on your back, like in rolling like a, a ball. Flexion and rotation as in spine twist. We don't want to do that. Uh, bending, oh my God, bending and twisting is like probably one of the worst when I think about that. I always say you're picking something out of the trunk of your car and you bend forward, but you have to twist. Definitely a no. So the roll-up, the rollover, rolling like a ball, saw, corkscrew, spine twist, teether, and spine twist are definitely not 
the ones you want to do. So avoid those. And if you have no clue what those means, just think about a lot of bending forward, a lot of twisting, and a lot of bending and twisting. We're not doing this. That also includes, um, like I said, the hundred has the head up. That's also a spinal flexion. Like in crunches, don't do those. Definitely don't do those. So here are five proven Pilates strategies to crush osteoporosis over 50. Number one, choose weight-bearing exercises. Include weight-bearing Pilates exercises in your routine, such as standing Pilates. You may have heard the magic circle. Yeah, standing Pilates exercises with a magic circle to help stimulate bone growth and improve overall bone density. Number two, prioritize posture and alignment. Focus on proper posture, and I have the video for you in the show notes, and alignment during your Pilates practice to help reduce the risk of fractures, maintain spinal health and strength, and minimize the impact of osteoporosis in your daily life. Number three is strengthen your core. Incorporate core strengthening exercises in your Pilates sessions, which is a no-brainer to support your spine, improve stability, and enhance overall balance, reducing the risk of falls and fractures. So you're thinking um, you're 100 with a head down, you're thinking a plank series. So we have all of those. And number four, proper technique. Ensure that you use proper form and technique during impact exercises, as is walking included, to minimize stress on joints and reduce the risk of injury. Work with somebody, if you're not sure, work with a knowledgeable teacher that can help you uh, find the right exercise that are appropriate for your body. It could be me, it could be somebody else. And number five is consistency. Of course, practice Pilates regularly, and it's to feel its full benefit on bone health, strength, balance, coordination, mindfulness. Aim for at least two to three sessions per week. Gradually increase the intensity and duration as your body adapts and grows stronger. But that's something that you will find and you learn about yourself as you do Pilates. So overall, monitor your bone health and incorporate Pilates for osteoporosis into your lifestyle can significantly contribute to an optimal bone health. And of course, I got another resource for you. And this is about, is it too late to start Pilates over 50? Heck no, it's not too late. Uh, leave a link in the show notes for you to check out this episode as well, because if you're not sure about Pilates, I want you to know about Pilates. Everybody that I work with is doing Pilates. They may come to me because they uh, want to know how to lift weights or they want to get better balance. And it always starts with Pilates. And uh, so check it out. I have all these sources, resources for you that are I think are so helpful for helping yourself feel more confident and more educated in the choices that you make for your health and for your life going forward in your second spring. So how do you check for bone density? I talked about the DEXA scan, but heck, uh, what the heck is it? A DEXA scan is most common way to measure bone density. DEXA stands for, and I did not know that either, dual energy X-ray absorbitometry. Absorbitometry. Dual energy X-ray absorbitometry. <laughs> there you have it. You go to a qualified location for DEXA scan and they put you in a, in a tunnel and that's how they measure um, your bone density. So in addition to the DEXA scan, your healthcare provider also may say, here, we have different ways of uh, like the blood test. We wanna see what your vitamin D and vitamin C is. Uh, test for certain hormones if that's applicable, but that's between you and your doctor. So the DEXA scan is super simple. You go somewhere, they put you in a tube, they measure, and then you get a really good printout about your bones and your health. So they've made big strides in the DEXA scan department. I want to encourage you to embrace the benefits of improved coordination, core and hip strength, 
better posture and balance, which will help prevent falls and prepare your body for activities including or involving higher loads such as weight training or going for a hike with a backpack or um, going a, a snorkeling or going, um, what else can I think of? Activities, going for a walk. Uh, by integrating modified Pilates exercises, you can enjoy a healthier, stronger, and fracture-free life. Let me add one thing there. I almost forgot to mention it. Swimming does not improve your bone density. You're suspended. There is no impact. You increase your muscle endurance and strength, but not bone density. So if you are swimming only for your cardio and strength, you need to add any of the other things, including Pilates, to your workout. I always feel that we need to cross-train. Cross-training uh, to create stronger bones. Cross-train your health. Eat healthy. Exercise from cardio to strength to flexibility. Choose low-impact or moderate-impact exercises you love and add some Pilates and strength training session and sprinkle in some stretching. It doesn't have to be complicated and you can do something to prevent if you don't have any bone loss yet or keep the bone density where it's at at the best of your ability and your health for as long as you can. It doesn't have to decrease. We cannot reverse or, or build up the bone we lost, but we can do something preventatively beforehand and we can halt it as best as we can at the number that it's at. Thank you for joining me in today's discussion all about osteoporosis. What is osteoporosis and how does it impact your health? We provided links to it in the show note captions. If you're learning from and you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe to us on YouTube. And this is a zero way cost to support us. In addition, please subscribe to the Pursue Your Spark podcast on Apple and Spotify, and you can give the show an up to five star rating. If you have any questions or comments, topics, or guests you'd like me to cover on the show, please put them in the comment section on YouTube. I read all the comments and I respond there. If you're not already following us on social media, we are at Heike Yates on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok. And I should mention that those platforms mentioned, this is where I cover fitness, Pilates, strength, and intermittent fasting topics for empty nester moms over 50, 60, and beyond, which overlap with the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Get on my list for my weekly newsletter by grabbing one of my free guides for empty nester moms over 50 to reclaim your health by going to HeikeYates.com. And again, thanks for joining me in today's discussion all about osteoporosis. And if you know of anybody who can benefit from this episode, please share freely. Thanks for being here. Have a great day. Ciao, and I'll see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast.